Chapter One of the Ninth Man. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Tricia G. The Ninth Man A Story by Mary Heaton Vorse. Chapter One it might have been said of us that our city was the iron pot we in it the broth and the edict of ehidio mazaleone the stick with which to stir the broth it was a fine big stick with a point at the end of it as we found out though at first sight it had a harmless look beside the naked sword which was what we had expected as the stick stirred and the broth boiled and bubbled over the blue fire of his insolence many a strange thing was cast to the top, things good and things bad, that none had guessed were simmering and cooking at the bottom of the broth, flavoring the whole of it. I shall go on to tell you the story of the wry faces that the town of San Moglio made as it cooked slowly over the insolence of Ehidio Mazzaleone. I have found out that it is always so in this world. You may call any handful, if you will, a city, for among them you will have in little the picture of the state they love and die bear children buy and sell and strive for power and the days will go by one like the other and you may think that you know each of your fellows as a book then singe them with the fire of a great event and behold your town will turn on you an unaccustomed and terrifying face myself i cannot even now distinguish the events as they came they happened so quickly one on top of the other like a dog tumbling downstairs whether it was his head or his tail that went first you would be at a loss to tell we were in sore straits in the city i know that there was wildcat fighting there was a surrender to a greater might of mind and body than we could show this i know too then there was peace we wondered that we were not burned and pillaged like the cities that had fallen before us. Before he had entered the gate we had made a shrewd fight of it, but he had more of everything than we. Any outsider could have foretold the end. He had more men, and though it may not be becoming of a soldier to say it, a clerk like myself may perhaps be permitted to tell the truth. He had the greater genius for fighting." not more bravery mind you but as much i grant you that and more he had a brain in that misshapen head of his after our defeat came the edict what it meant i did not know except that it was respite from death and i had not drawn long breaths enough that i myself was safe as well as the persons of those i loved when my young mistress came to me they say that i and all of the house are to appear in the public square and walk in person past ehidio mazzaleone she frowned at me as though i had done this thing lady i made haste to reply i know not she pressed her lips together as if she would have spoken angrily to me but she did not and went to the window see she said looking at the crowd in the street that wandered aimlessly up and down on their faces the frozen look of those who stare death in the face. It seemed to me that they had the desolation of driven sheep who smell the slaughter-pen and know the meaning of the smoking, sick, red smell of it. 
among them all there were those who walked insolently as though to dare death but there were none who remained unconscious of his shadow as my lady bade me look i saw one who walked outside the circle of this walking fear like a happy child in a field of lilies this young man belonged it seemed by his habit to some religious order to us at the window above this restless moving people driven hither and thither in their cold suspense he seemed like a dweller from some other world who walked outside the circle of our concern he had a rough hewn and clownish face and his eyes had the gentle and brutish gaze of the lads who tend goats on the mountain but the high serenity that had made him solitary in a crowd shone from them bring him to me said my lady for i will learn the truth from him i gained him with difficulty through the shifting throngs and without surprise he followed me so unquestioningly that i thought him little better than a poor witless fellow until i saw him greet my lady and the look he poured on her was as kind as water on a parched flower what is the news my lady asked are we to walk before mazaleone like sheep is it true so it is commanded by mazaleone said he and his voice sounded like a deep bell and i saw that this thing of so great importance to us and so great a hurt to our pride was less than nothing to this strange man who are you my lady asked him the least of all things the youngest of the brothers minor he answered we had heard of these lay preachers from assisi for their fame had spread greatly in those days do you preach in san moglio i am not worthy i cannot speak but as i go to and fro i talk to children about my master said he humbly i wait with hope and dread when my hour to speak shall come and the coal of speech shall be laid on my lips my lady considered his words and asked him questions concerning brother francis and as he answered her we were so delivered from our shame and apprehension that it was only as he went away that my lady asked again when shall this conquered and unhappy town walk past its conqueror in three days he answered and as he went my lord count bartolomeo conti came clanking in and the brother minor greeted him as he had my lady to which my lord made no answer at all and when the brother minor was gone what did hear this lout asks he that is brother agnello he was here at my request my lady made answer in her softest tone of most level insolence and she turned and watched the brother minor as he wandered aimless and unafraid through the shifting panic End of chapter one